Welcome to the Who's on the Move SC podcast. I am your host, Alan Cooper. Today, we are going to be speaking with entrepreneur Michael Duganier about his journey in the restaurant business and to founding three restaurants in Columbia, South Carolina, as well as one in Atlanta. Michael is the owner of Publico Kitchen and Tap in Five Points, Publico at Bull Street, which opened this year right beside Segra Park, and his newest concept, Boku Kitchen and Saloon in the Vista. The Who's on the Move SC podcast highlighting entrepreneurs making an impact in our communities is made possible with the support of First Community Bank, First Community Bank member FDIC, NP Strategy, a strategic communications firm, learn more at npstrategy.com, and Nephron Pharmaceuticals. We also appreciate the support of the City of Columbia's Office of Business Opportunities and the Riley Institute at Furman University. Learn more at Furman.edu forward slash Riley. Michael, tell us about your journey in the restaurant business and how you ended up in Columbia, South Carolina. Whenever I get asked to tell this story, you know, I have to bring up my, my former business partner who passed in November because um, I wouldn't be anywhere without him. You know, he was my mentor for almost 20 years. And, um, you know, uh, it starts meeting him. I like telling the story very the same all the time. You know, I met him in 2003 and I was living in Nashville, Tennessee. I went to go interview for a job in Destin, Florida. And in that interview, I realized that I was speaking to the smartest person I've ever met. And I think, uh, I told you we're sitting at the Sinatra table. Um, in that interview, for some reason, I was 23 years old and I brought up Frank Sinatra, which delighted him because he was a big fan. He saw him 12 times in concert. And uh, we ended up going on a two hour conversation about the Dean Martin variety show and Frank Sinatra. And anyways, he gave me the job. I think I would have gotten the job anyways, but I think Frank definitely helped, you know? And, um, and I worked for him for about a year uh, at a different company called RDG Chicago is the company name in Destin, Florida. And one day he called me up and said, Mikey, he was the only guy that would call me Mikey. And uh, he's like, you know, my dream has come true. I get to start my own company and I'm gonna be given my 60 day notice. Don't tell anybody, I just felt like I owed it to you to let you know. And I thought that was pretty unique that this, this man was, out of all the people working for him, he oversaw the Southeast. And he was calling this 23 year old kid, 24 year old kid, to let me know he was leaving. And then about once a month, I get a phone call. Mikey, how's it going? How's the restaurant? Are you happy? You know. A month later, Mikey, how's it going? I'm like, why does this old man keep calling me? You know. And uh, and then one day he called me and said, Hey, I starting this new company, food focused, sports themed restaurants with Hall of Fame people who are Hall of Fame athletes in their community, and he wanted me to be the first hire of the company. I'd start off like as an assistant general manager or something. And so I wanted to work for him. So I took the job, moved to Fort Lauderdale. He and I lived together in his apartment for a few months. I mean, the corporate office was, you know, we'd get up, I'd have a coffee, he'd have a tea, and then we'd go to the dining room table, and that was the corporate office. So you get off the living room couch, you go to the dining room table, and you start writing the manuals, the handbooks, menus, you know, and you create the company. And uh, it was a unique experience for me to really learn so much at a young age. And then over time, we opened restaurants with different athletes throughout the country. And then to fast forward, uh, Bob had a meeting with the NFL. And because of him, 
and his brilliance. You know, we became the first and only company to get the rights to the team names and the logos of the NFL. And we had a, we, we were paired up with a $10 billion brand. And we were opening restaurants with the NFL, which is, was a really great experience. And then early 2012, right after the Super Bowl, it was in Indianapolis. We were there, for, he was there for two weeks helping us out. And when the Super Bowl was over, he, you know, he went home and he was telling me he wasn't feeling well. And he went to the doctor and you know, he found out he had stage four throat cancer. And it was just a, a shock to all of us and a blow to all of us. And um, so he stepped back to fight for his life for the next year. And we would still communicate when we could. And he always told me to keep my head down and just you know, keep working and show the, his partners what I can do. And you know, we had a good team of young people that really cared and it was mostly because of the culture he started and we all believed in him. And then they believed in us because I was basically his right hand for a decade. Fast forward a year later, he beat stage four and came back to the company and we were all excited. And then we had, a, we had an owner's meeting and I was always involved in those. And they basically forced Bob out of the company. And it was a, it was a wrong move. It, uh, the two gentlemen that were his partners, they were just making bad decisions at that time. When he got forced out, I was miserable. I, mean, I didn't want to be there anymore, but my guy was gone. And um, and then one day he called me and said, you know, Mikey, you got any, you got any money saved up? You know, I said, well, you know, single guy, no kids. Like I go out to eat every night. I don't really save that well, but I've got some money set aside. He's like, well, I've got a lot of health bills, you know, medical bills to pay for, but I've got some money. What do you think if you and I pair together and try to start our own company? And I said, Bob, there's not a duo that I don't believe in more than you and me. And you know, I gave my notice at the last company. And I think I scared my parents a little bit because I had a pretty good gig going on for a decade. And I was pretty safe, you know. And I didn't really have anywhere to go because the company was paying for my apartment in Houston, Texas. And I couldn't stay there anymore. I was quitting. So I called the, a best friend of mine. And I ended up living on his recliner chair in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville for a good six months, um, which was some of the best six months of my life, getting just to not work for a little bit and see a good friend, you know. And, but every day I'd get up, get my coffee, and I'd sit in his back patio and I'd just start working on the manuals and working on things to create our company. Hop on a call with Bob, discuss simple things like what's our mission statement going to be you know and we chose it was bob's idea always do the right thing you know and we try to live our lives doing right by everybody our employees our community whatever and then we got a call to come look at a couple locations in a town called columbia south carolina and so i came to town and i took a look and you know, people warned us not to do five points and i went there and looked this place and did some research on the neighborhood and, and, and the and you know USC and I called Bob and I said I think five points is where we need to be he's like you know Mikey everyone keeps telling us you know it's a college drink and drown neighborhood or it's not I said look I think there's a there's a bunch of great neighborhoods around five points the restaurant we were going into was a 30 year old Italian restaurant fine dining which means that wasn't made for college kids you know and it did well for 30 years so we're not looking to put a college joint in here we're looking to put a restaurant in this location that is all ages. He came to town, 
bought in to five points. We came to town and we got an apartment together. And then for the next three months, four months, we did the demo, all the build out, and we, we built Publico and did all the hiring, staffing, and then um, and in the next 40 weeks of my life, the next 10 months, I ran that restaurant open to close. And no other front of house managers. I had one chef on 130 hours a week, 40 weeks, and but was able to meet all my locals, my neighbors. I mean, I think two thirds of Columbia had my cell phone number in their phone and put our standards, our culture. We've always had a great culture at, at Publico. And then by doing that, we were able to really create a great restaurant, put some money in the bank. We were then able to do uh, Publico Atlanta two years later, built it with cash. And that's how the company started. I mean, to fast forward to getting through COVID, maneuvering through that, getting through really without any debt and time for the most part, and then having the ability to open Boku and then sign a lease for Bull Street. Michael, your business partner, Bob McCarthy, passed away last November. Is that right? Well, at Boku, we're halfway through the, halfway through the build out, Bob died. And I had to move back to town from Atlanta. I had just got back to town. And we were working together, living in the apartment together again, working on the build out. We just signed this lease, and then 10 days later, he passed away out of nowhere. And I had to then. I was, I was on a lease now, I had to commit, and I had to finish a build out and design a, and a staffing and hiring and training and get that rolling. So instead of starting the build out here in December and opening in March, I didn't get here till March 4th. And then I built this myself in seven weeks. And with like a millwork guy, a painter, and a tile guy, you know? A little bit of plumber action, you know, but it was, it was, this has been the hardest seven months of my life. Basically, we're about, we're about to build a concept that he really, it was his idea, and he never got to see it, you know? And, um, but I, I think he'd be proud of how it looks and how it came out, and um, I think he'd be really proud of me on figuring out ways to make this, to get through this. And also, I never designed a restaurant without him. He always stood back of the room, empty, old building, then you go across the street, stare at the front of the building, then you come back in from the other, behind the bar, and you stare at the building, and then all of a sudden, he's got design plans. How do you do that, you know? And with this restaurant, we had like one conversation on, well, we wanna make it where everyone knows it's publico, but it's not cookie cutter. That's about all we said, you know? And so I'm like, okay, well, what do they know? They know about the turf and the reclaimed wood. So I kept those elements, but then, you know, from the tile to the, the bar top, to the back bar, to, I don't know, the drink list is different. Like, it's it's different. And I, I love the fact that there's a lot of people um, that don't go to Five Points as much because they're, you know, 30 or older and they think, you know, they can't come at the Five Points. But they come here and they're like, we're so happy you're here, we love Publico, we just, you know, a lot of the, we don't like going around with the college kids all the time. And so this has become like the kind of upscale, you know, adult version. And I'm cool, it's great, because Cottontown and Irwin, Irwin uh, communities, they've been coming out with or without baseball. Like we've been, you know, as Bull Street grows, a year from now, it'll be completely different. Three years from now, it's gonna be amazing. 
But even though it's just us over here right now, they're supporting us. And it's like, it's been great. Talk to us about the Boku concept. And originally we were looking to open a fast casual concept. And a couple locations we had in mind didn't, didn't quite work out. And then one day I was back in Atlanta and Bob calls me. He's like, how about this uh, Surefire Taco concept over here? Are they open still in the Vista by Motor Supply? I said, I don't know if they're still open or not. This is December of like 2020, I guess. And um, uh, so he did some research and he calls me. He's like, hey, they closed last week. He's like, what do you think about this location? So I don't like it. And you don't know Bob, but he, you, don't, you don't always want to disagree with him, right? But uh, so he got a little upset with me, to say the least. And anybody that listened to this that no, worked for us 15 years ago knows what I'm talking about. But um, uh, I said, look, I just don't think it's the right location. And he said, you just come back to town and would you just look at this location, please, you know? And so I come back to town, I walk the space. I knew the location. I've lived in Columbia on and off for the last six years, you know? So I called him up and I said, hey, don't get mad but I don't like this location, but I don't like it for the fast casual. This location has been a fast casual concept five different times. TCBY Yogurt, I believe, Salsarita, Surefire Taco. You know, it's always been a fast casual. And I felt like the Vista, with all the hotels, and more hotels are coming, I felt like uh, with concert venues, with football weekends, basketball games, people are coming to town, they're event driven, or they're work driven with hotels and things. And so they're gonna probably wanna dine. I said, however, what about that Asian concept you, you always dreamed about doing? I said, what if we put a sit down in here and created the Boku concept we talked about? And he says, that might be, that might be the right move, you know? And so we started discussing it more and then we decided we're gonna do it. We, we, we had some help uh, from a friend of, well, I know her through Bob, but so she's a friend of mine now too, but for the first time we included a designer because we wanted this restaurant to stand out. We wanted it to look like something that has never been done in Columbia before. And if you ever walk into Boku, you'll know what I'm talking about. From the, the fiery bird cages hanging in the ceiling, that are light fixtures, to the gigantic murals on the wall that our friend Ruben, um, who's from Miami, who's in my eyes, famous and does a lot of work in Wynwood, Florida, near Miami. And um, he did incredible artwork to the, the lime green boots. Like it's just an incredible look. And uh, we put together this menu. We had help with one of our, my, the best chef I've ever worked with. A friend of ours who used to work for us uh, back in the day. He put together our menu with us. It was a team effort. And we created Boku and great cocktails. We're opening our brunch. Uh, the first Saturday and Sunday of August. It's gonna be a dim sum brunch. DJ, uh, every Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 3.30. I can't wait, we just ate a bunch of its food today. And it was it was awesome. And uh, we're, we are gonna try to open for lunch. We have not been open for lunch yet. We're gonna start opening for lunch probably at the end of July, early August, Monday through Friday, finally. We haven't done that yet. I wanna see, you know, are people, are people looking for lunch sit-downs these days. The world has changed a lot in the last two years, so we'll see. Talk to us about owning a restaurant and how that might be different from working in the restaurant industry. 
and maybe also how the transition has gone after losing Bob, your business partner. First time being a, a partner and owner was going and opening public with five points. So I was learning, um, I mean, I was operating, again, I was operating it for the first 40 weeks straight. Um, and I continued to, to oversee my GMs and stuff, which I still do to this day. But yeah, that was my first time understanding what it was like. And, and you know what, here's where, here's where Bob was brilliant. He threw everything at me. He made me run every aspect of the company from payroll to taxes to operations, you know, like marketing, sales and events, whatever it was, I had to oversee and handle everything. He was the coach from the couch in Fort Lauderdale, the wizard behind the curtain, which has been our relationship for over a decade, you know. He was also brilliant because by making me do it, he didn't have to, you know. And, um, but by forcing me to do these things, and at times I'd be angry at him and like thinking that I'm doing twice the work, you know, it set me up to be able to handle losing him in the middle of a build out after having a 10 day lease sign and having to figure out, do these employees see me as, as the same leader they see him? I was afraid I might lose some people because they may not see me as the wizard behind the curtain. Um, everyone stayed, you know. Um, I got a good family here. I got the best family here. And um, it prepared me to handle post-COVID, doing build-outs, a lot. So, yeah. You mentioned earlier that culture is important to your business. Talk about your business culture. There is a sense of, we call it the Publico fam, the Boku fam. There's a family aspect where everybody has each other's backs. These college kids that work for us, they all become friends, they're all family, they all work hard, they understand our standards, they wanna be held accountable, and they appreciate being held accountable because they wanna learn and they wanna know that if they're doing right, that we're holding others to do the right thing too, and then they work harder for each other. And they wanna know they work at a great place and they wanna know that their leadership cares about them and is always doing the right thing as well. And so, yeah, culture, I worked for a guy who was like, oh, culture, you don't need culture. I'm like, you're nuts. You don't have a company without it, you know? And, you know, these people want to know they're a part of something. And they want to feel appreciated. And they want to feel like they're on a winning team. Quality's great. It's a clean establishment. But also, they don't know those things unless they're taught those things. They might work somewhere where they don't realize it's that dirty until you point out just how dirty it is. Or they may not understand the difference of a certain plate presentation and going out consistently or why it's important that we try to touch every table as a manager and get to know our guests and maybe you know catch a mistake before it leaves you know without us knowing that we can fix the problem and make it a positive you know yeah they are the most important part of our company without as bob always said we're the least important part they're the most important without them you know we could we could give them the tools and they've got to execute, you know.